<laughs> yes, yes, this is episode 18 of the Black Russian Podcast. I am Tion Buku One, the Black One. I'm Yola. And we are here to get into the episode called Nourish Up. It's all about nourishment, nutrition, good things. I always got to come with my baby patois accent coming out of the reggae songs. Nourish up, you're a nice and a nutrition thing them. Or you can't do no kind of love with the malnutrition, you know? It's a bomb clad, bad man thing if you can't Let's focus. do the whole podcast that way. Right, it'll, it'll go into like some Kermit the Frog voice after that. <laughs> so yeah, we're going into this one right here. And uh, like we say before we get into anything about this podcast, we do not advocate any one style of relationship over the other. Neither is more or less divine, whether you're monogamous, polyamorous, open, non-monogamous, polygyny, polyandry, monogamish, or anything you come up and create, we do not pretend anyone is more or less divine. It's really the quality of work that's put in between the two people and with themselves, the root work that is done, and so on and so forth. 
Nor do we advocate cheating. Nor do we advocate cheating. We advocate open dialogue, hopefully to prevent cheating, and then open dialogue once cheating has happened to figure out what happened. Um, but yeah, so let's go ahead and um, get into our quotes, and then we'll go back and recap episode 17. I, I tried to start recapping 17, but the cheating. Yeah, you jumped the gun a little bit. Yeah. All right, so I'll go with my quotes. My quotes are all about nutrition. Now, these ones are nutrition, and it's always the assumption that it's just physical. But we're talking about nutrition, mind, body, and soul. So nutrition is nutrition all around. So my first one is good nutrition will prevent 95% of all disease. My second one is food is fuel. You wouldn't starve your car of fuel and expect it to run efficiently, would you? Successfulness is not about starving. It's about fueling your mind, body, and soul with the healthy, low-calorie foods it needs to help you lose weight and weight would be negative energy what if we need high calorie food this is controversial that's all right that's just that's my quote and ask for your opinion about it (laughs) (laughs) the third one is the food you eat can either be the safest and most powerful form of medicine or the slowest form of poison so all the time we're talking about nutrition and nourishment we're talking about nourishment of the mind nourishment of the body nourishment of the soul and how that affects the nourishment of the relationship. So those are my three quotes. Mine are not on nutrition, sorry. Mine are on routine. I I hate routine. And apparently a lot of smart people hate routine as well. I have to go with four because that just seemed uh, to be out of routine and not three. So the first one, I really like this author. I cannot pronounce his name uh, either in English or uh, French. Uh, Honoré de Balzac. Married, and he lived in the uh, 1800s, so this has been true for all, many years. Marriage must, uh, marriage must fight constantly against a monster which devours everything. Routine. Um, I want to caution you against the idea that balance has to be a routine that looks the same week, uh, the same week in and week out. Uh, I think a lot of us do that or try to do that. Balance means routine, and that's just not true. I think we'll talk about that today. Women don't realize how much store men set on the regularity of their habits. We absorb, absorb their comings and goings into our bodies, their rhythms, rhythms into our bones. That one took me a while to um, think through, but that's reality. Like men assume that, you know, they know our routine and they place their bets on it. And that's, you know, we all fall into it. They use it more than we do, and that's how it goes. I think we'll talk about that as well. And then the last one I couldn't not uh, bring in. It's kind of long. We start the day demotivated and tired due to our inability to bring joy and excitement to our working environment. Most of the days are exact reflection of previous days, and we become slaves to our routines. We do whatever is necessary, keep following the old successful formula, think for today and to justify our actions, surround ourselves with yes men. 
block every new idea which challenges our intellect and avoid every action which requires a change in our routine. Soon our approach to work becomes so stationary that catching up with growth becomes an impossible task. And that's not just work. I mean, we see it, you know, we fight it ourselves. Uh, we see it every day with people who try to break the routine. It's fucking hard. With but, a capital F. Yeah. Ucking. Mm-hmm. All right. And the microphone goes over back to you. Well, the microphone goes back to you, but <laughs> what it what we're going into now is we're recapping the last episode. Well, mm-hmm. a lot's happened since the last episode. Mainly in Northern California has been plagued by several, several devastating fires. So we've been spending a lot of time indoors because... Luckily, we didn't get directly affected by the fire, but the the quality of the air all around the Bay Area has been crazy. So we want to send love and light to the folks going through the tragedy up there. We have a lot of friends up in the Northern California, Patal- <clears throat> Pataluma, Santa Rosa, Willits, Anaheim. I mean, so many places. But yeah. So we've been indoor a lot. But yeah, we had a good episode last time. Uh, it seemed to ignite a lot of uh, women's flames. And yeah. it was very good, but there was a cautionary tale in there too. And, <laughs> um, you know, you look and go into that. Uh, yeah, no, well, first of all, it was interesting how much power went into judging what we discussed. Right. We know? should recap. What, but what was that? Right. We discu- it was all about, like, it was a lot of it was, it was basically three parts. Uh, there were a couple of articles that were really interesting. And, uh, you know, that included a discussion about, you know, why would you even want to have an open marriage? It's not about sex, it's about the freedom to make your own decisions and choices. Um, and freedom to discuss anything that you want to discuss because a lot of the times we are married to our best friends but yet we cannot discuss how we really feel if how we feel has anything to do with the partner. Uh, so that, that was, you know, a solid discussion on why would you want an open marriage. And then the second part was really... I guess controversial. I think we did the. Did we do the Facebook chat first? Yeah, we did the Facebook chat on asking um, people why women cheat. Right, right, and then separate conversations with people, and then we talked about the whole, uh, you know, why people, why women cheat, and um, it's still fascinating how much of it was a uh, discussion on our own opinions of the people that cheat versus the reasons why people cheat. Uh, I don't... I think we talk, we've talked at length about it last time, yeah, so we're not going to recap it, yeah. but that was, that was pretty cool. And then uh, the last part that I think a lot of my friends have listened to and Tion's friends, and, and mostly women, obviously... Uh, really related to was the emotional labor that women take on just by being women uh, and the inequality of distribution of that labor in most marriages. Um, And I'm sure that it exists in uh, same-sex marriages and partnerships. It's not just gender-related, 
but in a traditional um, in a traditional heterosexual partnership, it is usually the woman that takes that on. Uh, hey guys, if that's you took that on and you're complaining that your wife is not taking it on, then you're in my camp. Right, you're experiencing yeah. emotional labor. <laughs> the you're toll of the bulk you, you're of it. allowed. You're allowed to join our camp. It's not women only. Um, that one, you know, it was really interesting because uh, that one received a lot of very positive uh, input, and uh, people were like, "Wow, this was your best podcast episode. This is, you know, related entirely to the whole thing. I feel exactly that way." And I was thinking about it afterwards and uh, before I even walked into a little uh, minefield that I created of my own here with Tion, uh, I was wondering, wow, like, you know, people don't come back to us with so much acceptance and passion and, oh, wow, that really resonated with me when we talk about more, you know, when we talk less about what's uh, traditional, I guess. This was a traditional marriage topic. Right, yeah. It w- it's controversial because it's very hard to talk to your partner about it, but it's a traditional topic. But every woman, uh, you know, most, again, guys, uh, you know, experience and uh, most people can relate to. Right. Guys can feel it that, oh, yeah, mm-hmm. Women go, yay, yes, exactly that. Right. Uh, but it was not controversial in terms of I'm scared to think about this. Right. It didn't make any, didn't make many people's booty cheeks, booty no. cheeks clench up. No, and not it was not it trigger a topic. anybody in a negative way. Right. Like it didn't. It, it it fell very easily into the soil. Of, Except for the men. Well, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> it taps into. I mean. It was first of all, it was a really, it was really good. And I understand why it was so igniting and why it was so, um, it felt so powerful to a lot of the women. Is that you know we don't discuss emotional labor much. We don't really um, identify like how much really the woman takes on in the household and how much male privilege plays a role in these dynamics and how men um, and male privilege can be very, very parallel to white privilege. Mm-hmm. And a lot of men don't want to admit they have a privilege and they don't want to admit certain things. So, I mean, it was, you know, for men, it was, it can be very like, you know, um, you know, even someone like me who's spent most of my adult life um, identifying, identifying my privilege, working extra hard to make sure that I'm proactively um, contributing and, and using my privilege in a way to give back and pay homage to women and be of service. Um, it's still very uncomfortable. You can feel it. Because, you know, I was like, oh, that, I can yeah, understand how that feels. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's, it was very good. That was, you know, 85, 95% excellent. And I'm glad we talked about it. And I'm glad we're able to, you know, speak upon something that doesn't, that goes unnoticed and is underappreciated. Right. And then, so, you know, afterwards, you know, like I said, I stepped into this minefield of, you know, we did the episode, we read the article, uh, I sent the article to Tion first before the podcast. He read it. We did not discuss it until the episode. We did the podcast, and we didn't talk about it. I noticed uh, that he has been doing a lot more and paying a lot more attention to what I do and 
you know, trying not to wait till I ask. And that's really cool. But we didn't sit down and discuss like, hey, so what do you think? Like, how imbalanced are we? Like, is there anything that you want me to be doing consistently? You know, do you want to go through the list of tasks? Do you not want to go through the list of tasks? And so we didn't do that. And uh, because it was all in the air and I was all empowered and, you know, everyone was so happy that we talked about it, uh, I didn't think that uh, I was also, you know, maybe not done with the topic uh, between he and I. Like, okay, where are we actually, like two of us? Are we cool? Uh, He's just going to start putting more effort generally. And am I cool with that or am I not? So we ran into a, you know, I was passive-aggressive, kind of using my, oh, well, you know, now that we all know that I have this emotional labor imbalance and it's all, you know, me, 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 now I can start blaming you for things. And that didn't go so well. Like, those things don't go well with Tian. And I think what we got, uh, when we went through the whole process of figuring it out, I think what came out is just like what I said, it's very individual. The whole balance is extremely individual in every relationship. Uh, There are some people that like doing it 50-50. Other people, um, you know, the husband takes on certain things, the wife takes on other things. Um, But it has to be what works for you. And I think what I needed was a closure of sorts to understand that and to be, hey, so I mostly am totally fine with how our balance is because I created it. There are some times when I feel it's imbalanced and sometimes I'm tired, sometimes I'm upset, uh, sometimes I'm just overwhelmed with other things. And when I am, that's how I'm going to take it out. I'm going to start feeling like, well, I have to do this, this and that, and I'm upset. So let me just, you know, be a little bit passive aggressive and sideways say something. Right. She was she was charged, or as they say in New York, <laughs> someone the conversation had her juice and someone put a battery in her battery in her in her back and she was just <laughs> ready to go at it and, you know, what she was talked about was that you know she got caught up in the fact that she was really taking on the collective energy yeah. of other women's frustrations that they have with their men mm-hmm. and applied it to our situation without zooming in on what we have right and that's that's you know but that took me a while to understand it was very good to understand that yes because i you know brought this topic up and we discussed it and i received so much input from women that I took that energy on and I didn't go in and balance it out with the reality of what is it that I need in my own relationship. Right. Not only what you need, but what you have. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, need in terms of do we need to change anything right, as far or do as we not need to change anything, right, as far right. as adjustment. Because the overall thing, like, with our relationship, you know, me being raised by my mom and a big part of my motivation and everything I do is to be of service to a woman um, or women in general. Like I've been hyper-conscious of this for a very, very long time. And I'm very hyper-conscious of the where of the, the habits I fall into and what I do do and what I don't do. And I'm very grateful and blessed for all the privilege and the blessings that I have. And the way that I show that is try to set up 
dynamics and dialogue in our relationship from very early that everything is up for negotiation. We can discuss anything. You know, if I have something on my mind that I want to say that I'm not feeling or I want to do more or less of, I bring it up. And if she does, she does as well. And this is not, you know, into the situation of the article where the woman always has to bring it up. It's like, this is our dynamic where I'm responsible for bringing up concerns about me. She's responsible for hers. We both are very attentive and we tune in and we stay engaged and we stay tuned in. Yeah, but it's not, you know, like I'm not used to a thinking, what do I need to adjust? Because I have a routine. A lot of the times you get up, you start doing things. Like you don't even make the time to figure out what is it that is off and why until something's really off. Right. Like you are used to, you're a totally different being. You, unlike most other people, are constantly tuning. Right. Like you're constantly listening, you're constantly, you wake up, you spend time. Like that's your priority. For most people, including myself, that's not my priority. Right. At all. And I think that the whole uh, purpose is to make us stop and make it a priority because until we do, we're going to do stuff, bullshit things that uh, we generate just because they leak. Right. And, and so they leak because, not because like we know that they're there and we're trying to suppress them, but usually because we don't even know that they're there. Right. Yeah, it's just not something that's being consciously thought about. And also, like, we're, like she was saying, you know, every relationship has a different balance that equals their centering. Yeah. You know, um, sometimes the man is the breadwinner out and about and the mom is a homekeeper. Sometimes the mom is a breadwinner and the dad's home. Sometimes, you know, any form or shape. In this situation, you know, Eula is a big the breadwinner and the mother of the household, but the areas that I provide in is my area my primary value is spiritual guidance, inner child maintenance, um, making sure that Eula's nourished and getting the nutrients that she needs, empower her to have her space, empower her to be loved and to be appreciated. And, and these are the ways that I balance. Right. And this kind of, I think this will lead us into this other section that you want to talk about. But um, I've, uh, what I've realized after speaking to a couple of people, you know, that don't know our relationship really well. And when I describe how our relationship works, it literally goes like this. They listen and they go, okay, so you make the money, you take care of the household, you take care of the kids, you let him do what he wants to do. And then there's a pause, and then they're like, why are you doing this? Because it's really hard for people to uh, process and take in. Like It's almost like they put all these material things on the scale, and then there's nothing that goes on the other side. Then it's like, this is such an obvious imbalance. Why would you do that? And I don't think anyone has ever, like, it, it just, I think, happened that this week was, like, I had two conversations about it. But I don't think anyone before asked me that question directly, maybe because I wasn't talking about it so right. openly. Right, right. Uh, and it was really interesting to go through the whole process of explaining, because as I was explaining, I was also organizing my own thoughts. Right. 
And it pretty much all goes to, okay, well, if I don't let Tion be who he is, he's not going to be who I love. And he's not going to be the person that I have set out uh, to be with. And therefore, he's not going to bring the benefits to our relationship. And the benefits are that I... uh, I'm not the person who I would have been if I wasn't with him. Like, you know, I've I've realized that there's very few people that can push me through and like, you know, unpleasant exercises of uh, getting through bullshit and stubbornness and, you know, <laughs> and all whatever it is that I do when I deny that I, I, you know, have certain habits or a certain way of thinking and that I don't want to go to the next level of thinking. Uh, I would have been a total, like, I would have been a very different person. And when I look back at what, you know, what I could have been or would have been, I am very glad that I'm not. And I know what goes into uh, helping me get to where I am. And that's basically all the labor that you bring in. But explaining that to people, it just literally does not make sense. Even the people that want to understand, they're just like, that is such such a weird choice. Right. Well, Well, what it boils down to is most people, especially in Western civilization, metrics of value Mm -hmm. does not account for metaphysics does not account for spirituality does not account for culture does not account for energy it just counts for material and emotional so literally it's like and and it literally does not make sense yeah and so it's the same way i mean but you think about the way the society is built without going too deep in calcified pineal gland stuff that we talk (laughs) but what it is is if you have no connection to the divinity, to the, the core connection, you really want to create a society that devalues that, that devalues culture and emphasizes material wealth. Mm-hmm. So somebody who could be a doctor making two million a year is gonna look, be looked at way, way, it's way at a higher level yeah. than somebody who makes 45,000 a year, who's completely happy, at peace, spiritually sound, culturally engaged, um, and creatively free. So just based upon that, it makes perfect sense why people don't get it. No, and it it uh, literally, you know, it it literally feels to me like, um, you know, the the people that I hadn't had this conversation with, but that know us and know me well, and people that I will explain those things to, they literally would look like my family, I'm sure. Look at it like it's just Yula's thing. It's one of those things that she decided she wanted to do and she's doing it and she doesn't understand or is stubborn to to admit that, you know, how fucking imbalanced this whole thing is. Right. And that's that. I think that that's just it's it's her little toy. Right. That's that's her thing. It's a surface thing. And it's it's neat. So the, the moral of the story is. Um, each couple has their own balance. And even if your balance seems off to other people, mm-hmm. if you guys are both balanced and you guys both check in and it's what feels right for both of you guys, don't worry about what other people think. And all at the same time, don't allow what other people think and about your balance to overly affect what you know about your balance. Yeah, and that's what I was I meant when I said it's gonna go into this other area. Like it doesn't do anything to me other than just giggles and scratch my head as to why people can't get it. 
It doesn't, like, when people don't understand and they look at me like I'm crazy, like, good people that are, like, wait, it's the same person that would, you Wait, know, who was this, who was this motherfucker? <laughs> would be, like, scratching their heads as to why I didn't take a job that would have, you know, now paid a lot more money and, if, you know, I would have made more money. Uh, same people, like, so why are you doing this? Like, it makes no sense. Right. Uh, but it doesn't affect me. Like, I, it doesn't, you know, I think I know exactly why I'm doing it. It's kind of neat to formulate it and be able to put it in actual words. Right. Uh, but it doesn't, like, I, I could care less who said what to me. Right. But yeah, that's we, lucky, you know. Right. Well, it takes a different level of self-nourishment that allows you to not be affected. But it would be pretty funny to film... Yula having a conversation with some of her friends and parents about the mathematics of vibration <laughs> and like well, connected, connected energy. You know, without stuff. pointing like fingers at specific people or anything, you know, I literally went like, well, I do not want to live like that person. Right. Or I do not want to be myself 20 years ago. Right. Because, I mean, it, I just don't want to. I'm glad that I'm not. And I know what it takes for me to... Like, I know my whole journey. Right. I know how difficult it's been and how there's very few people that would be able to do that for me. Right. So yeah. I, I totally know the value. So I'm not... I, I don't ever question it. Yeah. High five. So <laughs> she got charged up. She came at me sideways. I gave her the type of look that she really doesn't like. <laughs> I didn't even like. understand it at first. I mean, that was the hard, that was the crazy part. I'm like, why is he not, why is he being so freaking weird with I gave me? her a look like, you stand by the, the things you just said right now. Okay, <laughs> okay. And I was like, you know what? It's not a big deal. I'll write it out. But, uh-uh, okay. And so, and so you know, we basically had to ex explain it to her like, yo, like, that shit don't, that don't apply to us. Like, yo. <clears throat> well, no. So, I mean, the whole thing was that my comment was valid, but not made in the right uh, frame. Like, in, it wasn't framed right. Like, the general comment would have been valid. Right. The energy and, of which it came yeah. from, the timing of when it came and stuff was not as, you know, it wasn't from the best place. But it's all good. We made it past there. And um, it was a cautionary tale, but... The moral of the story, as it's cool, so we transition to this, is like, you know, we're very, 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 very influenceable. Like, other people's opinions and energy um, affects us a lot. Yeah. Even the most strongest of us. And the way that we combat that is having a strong sense of self, sense of purpose, sense of path. And a lot of that comes from nourishing up, making sure that we are very well nourished. Now... When we talk about nourishment in society, we usually only talk about physical, dietary, you know, um, and completely neglect that, you know, the same mathematics applies to your emotions, to your mind, and to your spirit. Like, thinking about, for example, with food, you know, there's certain food that you know is good for you. There's lots of food you know that's bad for you. Each person has a different balance of what their nutritional diet should be that will make their body operate at an optimum peak performance level or whatever the case may be. Um, and we know if we eat a lot of shitty food, our body is not going to perform well. We know if we eat a lot of healthier, 
I tell high-grade food, our body responds better. We know if we give our body nutrients, it can fight disease and do all the things that we need it to do to rise up. If we work out and we train our body, our body gets stronger. If we don't do shit with our body, our body atrophies. So the same thing goes for the mind, and the same thing goes for the spirit, same thing goes for your sexuality, and the same thing goes to your relationships. Like, what type of food are you feeding your mind? Because yeah. it's directly related to what, what your mind is doing. If you're, yeah. if you're feeding your mind pessimism, doubt, cynicism, fear, insecurity, like, that's what you're ingesting. So that would be the same thing as eating shitty food, fast food, dead food, and wondering why your body's not functioning right. Mm-hmm. So same thing emotionally. What type of emotional food are we ingesting? Mm-hmm. Um, so we're gonna, the whole thing is nourishing up. It's about identifying that. So in a relationship terms, there's two people that have their own sets of nourishment they need to get for themselves. The combination of them two being able to identify what it is they need, what it is they're missing, and how to get it um, combined creates that one organism, which is the relationship's nourishment. And so we're going to go into stuff like that. And that's where me and Eula's... Um, we came up with a name for what we're trying to be because we're not trying to be consultants or counselors or therapists or any of that. We came up with relationship nutritionists. And so, but we're talking about nourishing up in this episode, all about nourishing up. So that's pretty much what it is. And so when your body is malnourished, we just discussed, it does not perform well. When you have lack of sleep, your body and mind do not perform well. When you're hangry, your body and mind don't perform well. So just think about that. A lot of us are operating mentally and spiritually and emotionally in a malnourished state, in a lack of sleep, in a sleep-deprived state. And we know what happens when we're malnourished and sleep-deprived. We make brash decisions. We're easily angered. We're easily triggered. Our vibration is low, so we're hypersensitive to things. And that is a direct reflection to, of our society now. Right. And then, you know, what's, what I think is hard is that uh, we are so used to the standard set of prescribed nutrients. Right. That it's really hard for us to stop, just like it's hard for, you know, me and I'm, I'm sure a lot of people to stop and be like, what do I want? Right. Like, let, let's detach from what I'm supposed to be getting what uh time you know how much time i have uh to get that like any of that just just go you know i recently started going well if i could do whatever i want to do with time and resources and anything else what would it be it's a really difficult question right and you know because we're not i look but i look at our kids like i look at you and i'm like they know exactly what they want, how they want it, when they want it. And I think that that is the blessing that we're giving them. We're allowing them to get it. Right. And we're not stifling them. We're not, not like, no, Aaron, you can't sit in your room and paint for six hours. Or because, you know, or you can't skate for 12 hours a day. Or, right. you know, no, Deja, you can't do that. Like it's. I think by doing that... We're showing that you can only get these prescribed nutrients. Right. Like, I don't, I have the hardest time figuring out what is it that I want? What is it specifically that I want? And then, if you figure that out, how do you go about getting it? Right. Even if, like, you know that that's what you want, 
and that's what you need. The second step is to go and get it, and that's where most of us fail. Right, and this this is one of the things that we started doing a while ago. Um, we always make lists or set goals of what we materially want to achieve um, or what we want to do or what we have to do, but we rarely make lists on how we want to feel. And when you think about it, everything we do in life is based upon either attaining a feeling or avoiding a feeling. Mm -hmm. So feelings are extremely important. They motivate us to, to go one direction or another, but we never identify what it is we want to feel. And so when we talk about nourishment, physical nourishment is food. Like well, actual food and food, exercise. Well, food and exercise, correct. So mental nourishment is learning, reading, pondering, like using your brain, using your mind, expanding your mind, learning new things. Emotional nourishment is positive feelings, affirmation, joy, love, camaraderie, appreciated, validated, and spiritual nourishment is energy, good energy, high-grade energy. So we go through our days not even thinking about mental nourishment, emotional nourishment, spiritual nourishment, or take inventory of what we're right. ingesting every day. That was one my last quote, that we wake up demotivated and tired because right. we do the same thing every day. We know what to expect. We're not excited about it. Right. And then, you know, talking to people who have the means and are smart enough and logical and are still in the same situation. I'm like, dude, you have the tools to make your life how you want to make it. Get up and do it. And right. it's not, it just, it's just the hardest thing in the world. Right. And the, and the funny thing is, is that's the same type of thing that happens when you have a kid and they didn't sleep well because they had a sleepover and they didn't eat well in the morning and they're having extreme sugar low and they're cranky and they're tired. They don't know what they want to do or coming or going. They're just mad and angry. You try to feed them and they don't want any food. Like they don't want anything. They don't, they're just in a state of duress um, and you can't reason with them. And then you eventually give them a little bit of chocolate just to get them their sugar level back to a decent level and then you can feed them. And by the time you feed them, their nourishment and vibration level goes up. And then a lot of the things that they were complaining and moaning and crying about when they were sugar lows, yeah. it, it rolls off because they're not really big issues. So you think of that when we do that as adults, is like a lot of times we're not eating well. I mean, physically we're yeah. not eating well. We're not exercising well. We're emotionally- We don't just, sleep. We don't sleep well. We're emotionally ingesting whatever energies is around us, which could be stress which could be cynicism, which could be pressure, which could be shame, which could be guilt, and we just accept it. Um, and then spiritually, the same thing. We just we could be around negative-ass energy, either self-imposed or object-imposed by the, our environment, the people we hang out with, what's at our work, um, and we just are malnourished, and we're just eating poisonous food all the time, and we wonder why we have the results that we have. Also, imagine being in that state for years and years and years and think of all the decisions that are yeah. being made in your life based upon the, the, the mind state of when you're in a low vibration, low nourished state. Like that would be the same thing as this kid making decisions when they're sleep deprived and malnourished. Like you know you're not rational and not that great when you're malnourished and not sleep. A lot of times, you know, 
eating a good meal and resting does a lot for problems. Like certain problems aren't as big of problems anymore. They're just minor things once you've eaten and rested well. Or, you know, when you feel really good and you're in your element, you can tackle more energy. You can tackle more issues. It's not as big of a deal when you're feeling good. But when you're low and you're malnourished, all those negative energies become way more powerful. Mm-hmm. Fear, gout, doubt, shame, not gout. You know, all these things become really, really big issues. So we're really learning more and more. And it's really hit me in the last four or six months. Like, yo, before we tackle any problem in our lives, careers, relationships, like we need to make sure that we're nourishing ourselves at the best level that we can, because that will affect how we perceive problems, how we perceive love, how we perceive relationships. And I think a lot of people, due to their vibration level, treat love and relationships um, in a way where their primary motivation and decision-making is based upon fear. I don't want that. I don't want you know, <laughs> avoiding am, triggers um, and stuff like that. So we're really trying to get to where well, we nourish up. We know we're just better human beings when we're well-rested, well-fed, and are in an environment where we're appreciated, where we're validated, and we're growing. And I think also, you know, that it goes for not just the environment where we're appreciated, but also um, having people around that can help you validate that what you're thinking and feeling uh, is valid is not uh, outrageous. Right, right. Because, you know, I mean, I, it's intro- we just had that conversation yesterday. I mean, I met people that are totally just straight down the middle, nor- you know, normal <laughs> people that should be happy in a monogamous marriage, and they're like, oh, I'm not. But there's no one to talk about it. Right. There's no one, you know, they're not the type of people that go and join a poly party or, you know, nor are they interested. But, like, that creates, and you know, when people feel that and there is no avenue to discuss it with anyone and maybe the partner is not uh, either equipped or willing or you can't even approach it, then you're going to, that screws your whole, like, screws with your whole mental state, emotional state, you'll make decisions that are not very good. Right. And, you know, it's just over and over again. So you, we want everybody that we're talking to to start thinking about the people you hang out with, the relationships you engage in, the thoughts that you think in your head, mm-hmm. the emotions that, are, that you feel, that you accept, the energy that you intake, they're all food. They're all forms of food. So analyze and reflect what kind of food are you feeding yourself or what kind of food are you saying yes to? Because as And we, what are you limiting yourself to? Because you, a lot of us, you know, even if we eat decent food, we'll limit. Right. And that's another thing as we talked about in the, in the, the recap is everybody has a different balanced diet and all of our balanced diets can change. So the, the things that I really felt that I needed in my life 10 years ago... Mm-hmm. Um, are very different than what I need now. Mm-hmm. Back then, I needed to skateboard a lot more. Now I don't. But 
That's just because you're old and, and lazy. Yeah, old and yeah, something like that. <laughs> Your heels hurt and then, you know, hurt. you get hit by cars. Know, and... Just the whole getting hit by cars yeah. really just changes <laughs> things. But, um, but we need to be able to identify what in our diet we need more of, what we need less of, and be in an empowered state to acquire those things or to create them ourselves. Um, and that in itself will affect the type of relationship we have based upon the relationship, the person we seek. Yeah, so it's pretty fascinating, you know, I think talking to people and realizing like, A, having learned a lot of this about myself and then being able to talk to people, I'm like, holy shit, people need to hear this. Right. And it helps so much to just be able to have a normal conversation, you know, a guy can be cheating and be like, I feel really bad, but then we'll go through a, okay, this is why you, you know, you don't really want to cheat on your wife, but your wife is not really into sex. So basically, you know, she violated the vows before you violated the vows. So you guys are actually on even ground. Right. But you will never get to the even ground because she has the moral high ground, grind, uh, ground over you because... Right. You're lying and sex, you, sex deprivation sex, is looked right. upon way more favorable. Right. Than so imagine if it was possible to help them get through all that bullshit. Right. And understand, like both of them understand that, hey, you know, this is like a, you know, one is at the point where, oh, holy shit, I've been, I've been really withholding this from him. Right. I've, for, been, de- I've been depriving I've been depri- my partner of right. a very important nutrient that they need. So that means, you know, if I made that choice, I can't blame him for going out and getting it somewhere else. And, you know, the cheating partner at the same time is like, okay, well, this, it happened because you know, she withheld or wherever for whatever reason and then maybe doesn't feel as much guilt. Right. And, you know, and then hold, you know, lo and behold, maybe they will talk. Right. And so, you know, so in that situation, the organism, which is the relationship, is malnourished. There are certain things that each individual signed up for that was going to be a daily part of their nourishment or weekly, monthly, whatever it is. It's going to be part of their core nourishment of the relationship. And... Eventually, we stop being able to provide these things for each other. And what can tend to happen in relationships, um, not just monogamous relationships, but especially in monogamous relationships, is that the, each person may desire nourishment beyond what the relationship can provide. And the other person is not providing it. But at the same time, there's shame and there's rules that say you cannot go out and and. and get this nourishment that you may need. Um, and this creates this malnourished state. And now, as we talked about before, when you're malnourished over periods of days, it affects how you perceive things. You're less understanding. You're less empathetic. You're less willing to give someone the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. You're less present. You're hungry. You're, you're on edge. You're cranky. Like, just think for a second how we are when we're cranky. You know, think about how we... How we make a tough decision, A, when we're cranky, B, when we've just got a promotion, just came back from vacation, had a great night's sleep and had the best food of our lives and got the amazing sex. Like the decision, the way we perceive that decision is going to be very different. Yeah. You know, 
So we have to identify that the nourishment really plays a ginormous role in the results that we get in our lives. The same way how we nourish our physical being with food and exercise will determine whether or not our being operates at an optimum or not. Um, so we'll talk a little bit about daily nutrition. And so, you know, daily nutrition physically, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. So we talked about nourishment exercise. We talked about emotions for, for emotion. I mean, feelings for emotions. We talk about, you know, growth of thought and mind for, for the brain. And we talked about energy for the spirit. Yeah. So. I mean, that one is where we're most lacking because no one. Right. We're not even going to discuss the shit. Um, and so the reality is we are all responsible for feeding ourselves. A lot of times we get too caught up in being object referral, meaning we seek it only from other people, places, mm -hmm. and things, which means when hella good things are going around with our friends and our love lives and our jobs, we're great. But when it's bad, we're fucking in the dumps. And that roller coaster ride will do a lot for your psyche and psychosis too. It will make you paranoid and, and fearful and afraid of that one time when that relationship may go away. Or that one time when that job may go away because there's a new person in the job that might take your position mm -hmm. or these things. And so the way, the analogy that I like to use, I'm gonna use a lot of analogies in this one. Yeah, so, so all these other people, places, and things are other farms or other restaurants, let's just say. So you go there all the time and they can provide you the food you need and you're great and you feel good as long as you can get those. But there's gonna be times when those farms don't have the nutrients, the fruits and veggies you need. And a lot of times what we do in relationships is just, just stand there and demand that we get it. You need to give me those bananas. And the, the farm's like, I don't have bananas today. Why can't you? You've given me before. Why can't you give them to me now? We don't have them now. And so we go up and down in our nutrition based upon the places that we choose to go if they can provide us these things. Mm -hmm. You know, um, what, what I'm learning and we've been building with our friends, we've been really realizing is like, yo, if we can create our own farm and grow our own fruits and vegetables, at least to where we're the majority in control of our own nutrients, then these relationships these people, places, opportunities, or whatever, they can come and go, and they can lift us from maybe 65 or 75% to like 85, 90, 120. But if they're not there, we're still balanced, we're still at a high vibration, we can still operate as if we're well-fed. And we're not starving, waiting for somebody to bring us food. Mm -hmm. um, and being in a starving state, or thirsty as they call it now, makes you make very bad decisions. Makes you sleep with people you probably wouldn't sleep with. It makes you allow energy into your life that you normally wouldn't, but you're starving. And that's the thing, it's like if you're starving and you haven't eaten in hella days and someone brings you a Snickers, you're gonna devour that Snickers, not giving a fuck what it does to your body, you'll deal with that later. But if you're well fed and someone hands you a Snickers, you're gonna look at it and be like, nah, I'm good, no thank you. You're just in a better state of being, but when you're starving, food is food. Um, and then you, you wonder what happens when you eat a lot of shitty food over and over again for days and days and days and days. So, nourish up. I'll say that over and over again. So, daily nutrition is extremely important and self-referral daily nutrition is your ability to soul control. That means you can determine how you wanna feel each day. That you're gonna control your ride. It may go up or down a little bit, but you can control your core nourishment, the type of energy you ingest the type of thoughts you think. A lot of times we poison our own food with doubt, 
with fear, with shame. So we don't speak about our truth. And then we, and that's still water, so, you, you know. know. When you talk about it, like it's great, you're talking about it, it's inspiring, etc. But like, how do you go from your inspiring conversation to us actually doing it? Well, I'm glad you asked, there, sir. Here we go. Well, because that's what, <laughs> you know, no. like that's where I run into, you know, I've learned to make my list and I've learned to rely more on them uh, when I'm in a bad mood because right. I've learned to trust them. But I am having a very hard time convincing people that they, just do that. Just trust me. Right. Just do it. Just do it for 30 days, but do it every day. Right. And, well, you know, like I send out gratefuls. I think there's 25 people on my list now. Right. And half maybe do them every day. Right. Maybe. And it's like, oh, I didn't have time or, oh, I, I, I was stressed out. Well, a, if I have time to do it to 25 people, you have time to right. do it to me, you know? And, uh, right. and, well, that's, and when you're stressed out, that is when, when you, need you actually need more. to sit down and recalibrate your brain a little bit and be like, hey, is it really that bad? What right. am I grateful for? I'm not in a fire. Oh, the hurricane didn't mess my house right. up. Like, you know, instead of, oh, you know, I feel fat. Well, Right. And that's the thing is, what we've learned, and we'll say it probably through every episode as we, as, we, as we feel fit, is time and energy are never the issue. They're just a measurement of value. Mm -hmm. And so what it boils down to is um, until each of us realize the importance of our nourishment and the importance of that we actually have the ability to control the types of food that we eat and as much as we want to, we won't. We won't fully adopt Translation, that concept. that we actually can change the uh, mood that we're in. We can totally change like, the mood that we're in. Like, we absolutely, by I wake up in a shitty mood, and I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll be in a bad mood for 30 minutes. Right. And after that, I'm done with being in a bad mood. And whatever happens, happens. But I'm going to do my own thing. And maybe I will use my luxurious space in the office and just lay on the couch and read my book until I feel happy or something. Right. But I'm not going to, you know, A, I'm not going to be afraid to step out of my routine. I'm not going to feel obligated to sit at my desk and feel even worse. But I'm actually going to proactively go and do something that makes me feel good. Right. Well, and change, like when you wake up, like all of us wake up, and we don't always wake up in the best mood. We don't always wake up feeling great. We may have had some lingering stress or anxiety from the night before. Or we may have thought a thought in the morning or checked the email that gave us a bad vibe. And if we don't identify, A, that that is what's going on, we'll just take it with us throughout the day. What we can realize, we can take inventory. Like, I'm feeling, why am I feeling so, this right. way? Well, okay, well, tell, let's go, let's step away from general. And what do you do every morning? Well... What I was going to say is, so for example, if I wake up and I'm in a bad mood, if I just feel like something's bothering me, I try to identify what it is. Right. And a lot of times it could be something like, oh, I read an email and the response I got or the, the message in that email wasn't fresh. And I, then I go, well, shit, who is it? How big of a deal is it? Can I live? And if I go, okay, I, you know, it's part of what I have, it's part of par for the course, um, I can start changing my mood by focusing on what I'm grateful for. Mm -hmm. um, 
focusing on my blessings. Like you literally lay there. And I can literally lay there that. and be like, wow, I'm in a house. Like I have food. My daughter is healthy. My wife is amazing. My work is fucking out of control. I have a garage full of paint. I can have every, you know, right. like people like me. I'm very grateful I can be of service. But you have to choose to do that. You, you have to versus choose. Versus getting up and dragging the bad mood right. with you. And then perpetuating that through conversation through the day. And it's, right. it's the same thing as this. If you wake up and you're hungry, what do you do? Right. Like, you don't starve yourself and be like, I'm hungry, and then being walking around all day being hungry. Uh, hey, I do that. I can do that. Well, anybody I, I've can. Been, I've been known to do that. Right, but this, it's a choice. Right. So if you wake up in a shitty mood and right. you don't do anything, you don't eat any other right. food to change it. Yeah, it's a choice. You're making you, you're making the decision that you are cool with that mood, right? Because you did you didn't yeah, go to the cupboard and eat anything else. Yeah, but then what happens is you go and you distribute it or try to distribute it well, to you other people. It. Yeah. No, but then you also like push it out because you have to tell everybody how bad of a mood you're in and right. why. And you and, and what happens is you're not pushing it out; you're perpetuating it because it's not. Well, it's not like once you push it out, it's off of you. You're right, circulating right. that. This shit is a, right. every, all your energy and thoughts and emotions are boomerangs. The universe gives you more of what you say yes to. So if you're in a shitty mood, or for example, we talk about if you're driving to work and you get cut off, what do you do? Some people would be like, fuck, woo, asshole, and keep it moving. Right. Others would be like, motherfucker, yo, on the next thing you know, they get to work. How was your day? How was your morning? Man, you know this motherfucker cut me off? Oh, for real? Yeah, blood. I'm, I'm sick of these people cutting me off. And then later on days, I'm posting on Twitter. Man, these motherfuckers cut me off. These bad drivers who can't drive. <laughs> and then at lunch, hey, what's up, Bill? How you doing? I'm good, blood. But this motherfucker cut me off this morning. Oh, for real? <laughs> and then all day just perpetuates that energy. And then wonder why they be in funky moods and shit. Right. And, so, and then they go home and beat up their wife. And then they're just mad all day. And then <laughs> Yeah, then mad just attracts more mad. Yeah. And so... If you wake up in the morning and you're not feeling the way you should, you want to feel, meaning you're hungry or you feel like you're missing some vitamin C or some potassium, identify what it is you feel like you're missing and what it is you want and go eat that. Okay. Well, speak in, in <laughs> okay. direct terms. Yeah. Because okay. I've, I've know, heard this. Oh, okay. It helps. You, what do you do? Right? Okay. So. I wake up and I'm not feeling good. Right. So you had a bad dream. You were upset. I went out with Mandinga. We didn't right. go come home. Right. All right. What I'll do is I'll I'll mentally make a list of what I'm grateful for, which is where the gratefuls came from, because that's what I do every morning. I just sit there and think about things I'm grateful for. Um, the other thing is I turn on fucking good music. Right. Yep. Like, that's the first thing. It's the easiest thing to do. Yeah. You turn on some good music. Turn on some protege or some John 9 or some classic hip-hop it'll help pull you out of that mood you could even go on your social media and look at the the person you follow that posts inspirational successful quotes um you can Eula works out she gets up and goes and works out yeah. um you can get up and stretch well I just like I literally learned to trust that uh, if I don't hold on to that bad mood and right. I continue doing what I normally do that makes me happy, eventually right. my mood will just flip. Right. And because, you know, I don't I don't want to stay in a bad mood, I want to get to a good mood, it eventually happens more and more. Right. 
Like I'll acknowledge that this is how I feel and maybe I'm whatever, you know, sensitive, stressed out, whatever. Uh, but then that's that. And I go, okay, well, does that mean I'm not going to do anything for myself today? No, that means I'm going to try and do more for myself. Right. And that's the, the first thing that I feel is one of the most important things is identify you can control what you eat. You know, not every circumstance, but you can control how much of what you eat and what you don't eat. Meaning you can't control when someone's an asshole to you, but you can control how much of that asshole steak you want to eat. Right, how when you, you can be like, walk away. Yeah, yeah, you could you could bite it and be like, eh, that shit was nasty. I'm gonna go rinse my mouth out and go eat some good food right now, because that shit was nasty. It made my stomach hurt. I need to get that out of my system away. Or you can keep eating it and be mad that you're feeling like shit. But first identifying that you actually have a say and the majority say in the food that you eat and you know that the food that you eat and how you nourish yourself will affect your mood. You know that your mood will affect your day. You know that your day will affect the next day yep. and so on and so forth. So, so yeah, I feel the hardest part is for us to trust that we actually are in control of how we can feel. Yeah. That's the hardest part. And then once we do that, then we can do, start doing little things like, you know, figure out, hey, what do I want to do for myself today? Yeah. What is it that I have that's good in my life? Right. Because the whole complaining, um, the whole just feeling down, um, you know, like some people have it harder. Depressed people, some people wake up and they're way more deficient. Like if you have depression, mm -hmm. you may wake up and you're way more deficient than other people are. Does that mean that you still you can't nourish and be and bring yourself your vibration up higher? Well, of course you can. Well, but you can. Thing. You can't bring it to the maybe maybe you can't alone without medication right. bring it to the level. But it's very clear that no matter what you're going through, the power of positive thought, the power of positive energy, mm -hmm. the power of positive movement. Yeah, no, I've been you in know. situations where I was, you know, like when I was going through some hard times and I know one time I, like my sister called and I was literally crying and she's like, she's not one to go through why and how and stuff, but she, she knows what works in those situations and she's like, hey, go work out. Right. And it was the last thing I wanted to do. Yeah. But she was really, really insistent and I... You know, stopped crying, got in the car, went to the gym, and I just remember I was on the whatever elliptical. I'm like, oh, eventually I am feeling better. Like, right. my world is not falling apart. It's crazy how you just snapped. Like, after but it's so it's crazy. hard. To, like, that whole movement is really hard to get up and decide that, okay, I am going to do it. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. Like, there's days when I'm like feeling hella good in the morning. Like, I'm just, I'm just feeling good. And then, like, around 11 or 12, I just like start feeling weak. And then I start, and then as I feel weak, I start doubting things that I was totally comfortable and confident about before. And I start doubting things. Like what? I don't know, just everything because my energy is low. And then I realize, oh, I haven't eaten. <laughs> like, oh, I haven't eaten. And then I'll eat. I'll go, okay, you know what? I'm not going to think about these things. Right. I'm not going to make that call. I'm not going to send that email. I'm going to go eat. Then I go eat and I'm like, oh, I'm tripping. Like yep. those energies that I was feeling that were like the biggest monsters and mountains had nothing to do with those things. It just had to do with that I was hadn't eaten. Yep. 
you know, or like sometimes when you're feeling low and weak, sometimes it's like I'm lacking human chlorophyll. Mm -hmm. You need to just go out and be around people. Like sometimes that, like that is a food. So we're going to go into a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about relationship nutrition and how it is nourishment high and malnourishment affects how we handle our relationships and the types of relationships we get into. The Black Russian Podcast. to pace myself so brace yourself i have something to say i just need a little bit of your time yes my answer i will i want to i'd really like to take the time to meet and get to know you i like what you're saying the intellect it reached me and your intent is evident in what you're trying to teach me about my heritage and i know what you mean the parallels you're drawing on to show me i am a queen the barriers you're breaking down to know my inner being and the distance that you stay from and invite me to come in so i say yes i'm willing to sample what you're giving to know the inner workings of the temple that you live in all that you inspire is all that i require to make me give in to this natural vibe It's just a natural high I'm ready to give it a try Oh, it's just a natural vibe Drown to this man like a moth to a flame It's just a natural high I'm ready to give it a try No pretending, no egos need defending Moment, Cause I'm gladly making room inside my heart for you No struggling, no resistance Courage has replaced us would be fearful in this instance Like the water flowing, intensity is growing Cannot seem to get enough of all the learning And the knowing and the new potential Of what this could be Yeah That was John 9 and the opening song was Luciano, Silver and Gold. And we are back, episode 18 of Black Russian Podcast. So we're talking about nourishment, 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 nourishment. And uh, now we're about to get into nourishment and how it affects relationships, both individual nourishment and the collective body of the relationship nourishment. So as we just talked about before, it's very important that we understand what our body, mind, spirit needs for our daily nourishment to feel the way we want to feel to optimize our performance in life, our vibration the highest. Um, it is also important to identify what our relationship needs, which means there's technically three organisms that need to be monitored. There needs to be me, there needs to be you, there needs to be us. And so being able to identify what nourishments that we need as individuals and as a relationship to make all of that thrive in the same unit 
is important and understanding that, you know, my dietary balance, what I need and what you need can be very different. And also what I needed five years ago and what I need now may be very different, just like what you needed five years ago may be different now. So it's a matter of staying on your toes, staying engaged and listening, tuning in to what it is we need. Um, a lot of times, even with ourselves, we assume that we know our balanced diet and stop thinking about our own. Like we could be like, I need my man to be here. I like my relationship to be like this. I like this and that. And then we click save. And then five or 10 years later, we're doing that and it's not working for us. But we don't realize that perhaps our diet changed. 10 years ago, I could eat hella cheese and hella milk and hella red meat. Now I can't. So if I'd have kept doing that and not paid attention to my body, who knows if I'd be how I'd be feeling about things. Um, so it takes a lot of work in the sense of just staying engaged and staying in tune. And that's what we talk about a lot about not clicking save and falling into those traps of relationships where we click save. And we're not monogamous bashing people, but since we know so much about monogamy, because most of us, that's what our society does, that's what we've done a lot of, is... It's very easy to click save and stop working when you know the person's not going anywhere because you got them bound in contract. Um, and one of the click save issues is um, not listening to each other and checking in with each other and encouraging each other to identify their balance to see if it's working and discuss the changes. Right. So if we cut through the chase here, I think we have to assume that most of us don't do it. Don't right. want to do it, will not do it. Um, so, sort of how periodically I'll sit down with anyone that I work with and we'll review. It's not even an annual review, but I periodically think, oh, you know, okay, how's it working for them? Is it working for them? And have those conversations. I think that would be so super helpful if someone sat us down, uh, you know, as a couple once a year, once every six months, and be like, hey, so how are you guys doing? Just like direct question, how are you guys doing? And that would be super helpful. And then I think we'd be able to, A, focus on thinking about how we're doing, because if we have an appointment, we will think about it. If we don't have an appointment, we won't think about it. Um, and then just be more hopeful and brave that, you know, hey, I can actually, this is something, a place where I'm invited to say how I'm doing and what I'm feeling. Right. And that would be really super cool. And I think that's what we're trying to gauge if there is space for us to uh, do that with, with couples. And if so, you know, what it looks like. Uh, but that would, I know, to, like, just by human nature, that would be a really cool place. And I think that, you know, I know that that's what motivates me is to provide that place. Right. And just being able to um, hold that space for people to have the conversation, um, to be held accountable outside of themselves. Also, to be able to hear each other's dietary changes objectively without being triggered. Um, and that's one of the things that's extremely hard mm -hmm. in relationships is how to hear your partner without being triggered. And there's several reasons why it's challenging, but one of the core reasons that helps minimize that is by making sure you're nourished before you have those conversations. 
if you're feeling good, well-rested, nourished, and you guys are in a loving space, it's much easier for the other person to share with you that maybe they need to go out more. Yeah, but unfortunately, that is definitely not the time that anyone wants to have those conversations because those conversations are, A, not pleasant. You know, we're afraid of them. And when everything's fine, uh, it's really hard to step in and risk changing the balance. So that's why, you know, I know in my own experience, and that's why, you know, I'll choose not to do that because, hey, we're having such a good time. Why mess with it? And then uh, just allow for whatever issues I have to come out sideways. And and that would be during the times when I'm not happy, when I can't control what I'm saying and thinking, and then it will not come out in a good way. So, yes, learning to find a time uh, where we both feel good and we have the time and space and bring uh, issues up to discuss is art. Yeah. You know, like we do it when we walk. Like right. you haven't been walking... We haven't discussed Uh-oh, any issues. She's got a whole bottleneck of whole... shit in her side of her that she hasn't been able to get out because if her legs aren't moving, her mouth isn't moving. No, nope. She just sucks it up. But yeah, I mean, I think, you know, the way we've been trained to do things when it comes to a dealing with uh, difficult conversations, I'm learning is the exact opposite of what yeah. we should do. Like, yeah. we shouldn't. It's really hard when you're in crisis to have a really good, balanced, loving conversation. When you're malnourished, it's not a good time to talk about, um, you need more sex and why haven't I been getting it? You know, if you're, if you're malnourished, it's not a good time to talk about how you have, you're taking on so much emotional labor and and the, and the man is just completely insensitive to that and they don't really care about you. Um, it's just really not a good time because the content is screwed by the, is screwed by the energy. So a lot of times when, when, when the vibration's high, we're like, oh, we don't want to ruin it, right. which, tells, which tells us that we have a very negative connotation mm-hmm. to dealing with things that are difficult, which mm-hmm. means we haven't been able to do that in our lives in a loving manner to where right. it's actually looked at as building. Mm-hmm. Like we're building, we're fine tuning this, we're not destroying it by critiquing it. Yeah. And so the connotation combined with the, the nourishment level really makes it hard, but the best time to have a conversation is when you guys are in a loving, nourished state because you're present, you're calm, you can hear something, um, and it's you're less likely to be triggered when you're not, when you're vibrating at a high level. Um, and so there's a lot of those little things we have to unlearn and identify what we do before we can even deal with an issue. Yeah. So one of the things we were talking about, we run through these like faux scenarios if we're doing like a session with a couple you know, like, where do we start? What do we want to get into? And my first thing is like, I want to get into checking everyone's gauges as far as their <coughs> nourishment. Like, tell me about your week. Tell me about your month. Like, how are you? Because if they're stressed out, if they're feeling horrible, if life is in flux and all these things, um, it may be more important to just focus on helping each other get to a better nourished state before we go into anything deep or sensitive. Because it can easily derail if someone's hangry <clears throat> or sleep deprived. Yeah, but then there's also, you know, my problem is that um, when I'm happy and stable, I don't want to talk about those issues because I usually know all the answers. 
you know, I don't know the answers. All of a sudden, I forget the answers when I'm not feeling good. Right. And that's when I want to talk about it because I want to go and get, you know, uh, get your understanding, you know, like just, just share and be, uh, you know, just be close. Right. And, and, that's, well, that, and that's totally fine, too. I mean, we don't want to make it sound like unless you're at the highest level of vibration, you shouldn't talk about anything. The reality is our vibration is going to go up and down based upon life. Hopefully it doesn't go up and down as, as dramatic because we're determining what we need as far as self-nourishment and we're doing a better job at it each day. But there's times when we're low, when we're going to get into it. Well, there's times we're going to get into conversations when... when we're actually at a lower state. And this is where I would say it's very important to start being mindful of our gauges. So at least we know, like I like to know when I'm sensitive. So when a conversation comes up and I'm sensitive, I'm aware that I'm sensitive. So I have to put in different um, methods of overstanding. Right. And that's, I think, you know, we have learned through years of, of you know trial and error that uh, when I'm sensitive I want reassurance I mean that's normal everyone's like that right uh, but instead of asking for it straight up instead of going hey you know I'm sensitive I need some reassurance uh, I'll come out and try and uh, pull it out right and that doesn't work Right. And then we get into issues and then there's, you know, sideways, sideways comments. And, and it's just because I don't know how to go and be like, hey, I'm feeling this way. And all I really need, everything's fine, but all, all I really need is just it's, a little need, bit of yeah. extra. I need some extra. of your fruits and veggies. I mean, yeah. that's what it is. So if the pitfalls of not being aware of our gauges and not nourishing ourselves and being mindful that when we're higher, when we're low, is it will what you need or what you want will come out in a very passive aggressive way, yeah. which will then trigger the other person who in any normal situation would love to give you the fruits and veggies you need, but since it comes out sideways, we, we set ourselves up right. to make it very hard for ourselves. Um, right, so, but it's a learned skill. You know, I think we're pretty good at it now. We have to put work into it, you know, for me to uh, come in with, in a certain way, for you to be like, okay, she's coming in in a nice way, so let me help her. Uh, so it's a learned skill. It can be, it can be taught and right. it can be learned. And those are the things that I think matter so much when we're trying to figure out how to either improve the relationship or just maintain it in a way that doesn't deteriorate. Right. And so as we as we make a decision that we want to actually be more in control of our nourishment and be more aware of how we act when we're high vibrating, when we're feeling good, well rested, and what we're susceptible to when we're low vibrating, um, it'll help us navigate spaces when, you know, if I know I'm low, our kids are just running yeah, up and down. Yeah, we're doing this at a different time of day. We usually do it at night, but now we just did it like midday and it's, you know, during a play date. So if you hear foot stomping and stuff, you know what it is. <laughs> um, but if we're aware of where we're at, it makes it a lot easier for us to understand why we're taking certain things a certain kind of way. Right, and also warn other people, like warn people closest to you. You know, I teach, like I taught our oldest one very early on when she first got her period. I'm like, listen, 
This is how you're gonna feel like you feel angry, you feel frustrated, you feel like you wanna bite my head off, but that's because you're going through this time of the month. You need to be aware of that. It's gonna happen to you every single month for right. so many years. So, you know, you need to be aware of it and you either need to warn people around you or you just need to maintain your balance to where it doesn't come out this way. Right. And it's a very direct, very simple uh, thing to, to learn. Right. And I think, you know, the same with any feeling of up and down. It's because, like, we can learn it, but if we don't want to learn it, we're right. just going to keep swinging. And we get steamrolled by our own emotions. And, um, you know, like, for me... When I'm feeling low or I'm feeling angry, like you feel I, angry, I've set devices in myself to be like, don't engage in a serious conversation. Don't engage. Go eat. Go nourish up because I know that the way that I'm going to behave in that situation, if I'm hangry and I'm tired or cranky, is not always gonna be the best. And next thing you know. If like for example with me and Yula, there's times when we both are probably not in our best state, and we get into a conversation, and it goes sideways, and we're better at catching it now. Like we talked about, we fight to not fight. But years ago, we could get into it, and the next day there could be a layers of drama and mess that we went through. Where in reality, if we'd have just said, "Ooh, you know what? Right now, it's not a good time. We're both not. Let's just go ahead and do some things that we like to do that you know that nourish us up, and come back to in a few days." A lot of times the issues that we got, that we twisted ourselves up on, are non-issues. And I think a lot of relationships do that. People come home, they're tired, they're, you know, cranky, they're hungry. You know, maybe the wife has been with the kids all day and tired, cranky, and hungry. And then someone, no, someone says something. Right, and someone says something sideways, like, damn, like, I just got home and the house is a mess. And then she could be like, oh, and the next thing you know, it's... It's all the way downhill. Um, and then next thing you know, someone's like, well, if you were a little bit more this, <gasps> well, if you would go out more with me, <gasps> well, if you would just have more sex with me, <gasps> and the next thing you know, it's, it's just a wreck. And you never, ever, ever go down on me. Right. And you never, and why don't you ever shave? <laughs> and like all this stuff happens. Um, and then next thing you know, the snowball of issues and hurt emotions really has more to do with that. We were just not in the right state of being when we greeted each other, more so than any of these things. Now, not to say they're not issues, but bringing them out when someone's mad or sideways is not cool because if you come at me and attack me, I'm not in a good position to, to build with you. Like, it's hard to build with someone when they're swinging at you. So, and this is what we a lot of times we do, and we have a tendency to take for granted the person, the husband, the wife in our relationship because they're always, they're going to be there. So we just throw shit at yep. them and just be like, I'm going to be mad and be a bitch to this person because, you know. What are they going to do, leave? Yeah, and not realize yeah. that that plays a huge role. Um, you know, and not to mention. Well, and that's, that's like my biggest uh, reason to advocate an open relationship. Right. Is so that the value of your partner goes up. Right. It's not for us to be able to go have sex, but it's for us to be able to have like a current state. Like, you know how we, like, 
at, at work, people always tell us you always need to know who's hiring and what your value is in the workplace. Right. So that you stay current. It's the same thing. You got to know what your value is outside of this man that you sleep with every right. night. Otherwise, Otherwise yeah, no. you will believe everything that he puts on you when he's in a bad mood and he's just going to keep you for granted. Right. But if you have the freedom and you exercise the freedom to actually receive reactions, responses to you from the outside, you're like, whatever, dude, you don't like me. There's like 20 guys that are waiting to right. talk to me. That actually will treat me in a respectful way. And that's, that's it keeps everybody honest when everyone has yes. a freedom of choice. Exactly. Um, so if you keep coming home to me, I know I'm worth it. And I'm going to put my work in to make sure I stay worth it. Right. And this is one thing we want to share with us in our relationship nutritionist stuff is identifying how we starve each other and restrict each other. Yeah. So, for example, we'll just talk about um, emotional intimacy from the opposite sex. So, let's say we're in a monogamous relationship and I get really uncomfortable when you have male friends. So what I do is I may I may not even tell you you cannot, but I'll do it via energy, via passive aggressive, being like, oh whatever, you're just gonna go out again. You just want to fuck all these guys anyways, and just say things that make you feel guilty about doing something. To hopefully you won't do it. So all the while you may want to go out with these people because they provide other nutrients and fruits and veggies that this relationship doesn't. Every relationship provides a different form of nutrient. Um, and maybe it's just they're funnier. Maybe they just, you know, they like to go to the uh, gym more. Or and maybe I don't. it's just a new set of eyes that is interested in you and is, is, it doesn't know everything about you. I mean, that's, right. that to me is the biggest value. It's not the, right. you know, he's funnier or he's this well, or Well, like I'm that. saying it, right, it could be right. any numerous things that's right. not happening in the relationship. But since I, the man, feel very uncomfortable about that, not only am I going to make it hard for you to go out and do that, I'm still, I can't, and maybe I can, and I don't, or I won't, provide you with these opportunities to get it from us. So I'm restricting you from going out and getting this from some other place, yeah. but yet I'm not providing it. Right. It's the same as, you know, we will withhold sex and emotional intimacy, and then we will blame the, the partner for going out and cheating. Right. And like I say that that's you both are guilty as charged, but you know there's gonna be the society will blame the cheater. Right. And the reality is two people in one relationship don't have the exact same balanced diet. Like some people are more extroverted, some people are more introverted. Sometimes they're together in a relationship and it works. It doesn't mean because one goes out all the time, the other person is mandated to have to go out. And it's vice versa. Somebody can be more introverted. Well, but that's when other people's opinions come in because if I'm always at home and you always go out and my girlfriends see that, they're going to be in my ear going, uh, why is he going out all the time and why are you at home all the time? And then I have to be like, oh, maybe that's bad. Right, as opposed to being like, maybe I want to be home. I don't want to go out with him or her all the time. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's the same thing with that. It's the same thing with sexual energy. Yeah. Two people in one relationship may have different sexual drives. And if you have to deprive the person of getting the nutrients that they want, but yet you don't provide them, there's a deficit. 
Mm-hmm. And that deficit turns into poison. It turns into resentment. It turns into not giving you the benefit of the doubt. It turns yeah. into sh- to being short with you. Yeah. It, it, it eventually can well, even... it all leads to cheating, and we already discussed that. Right. And even if it's not cheating sexually, it's cheating emotionally, it's yeah. cheating mentally. They don't want to give you what you need either because you're, you're restricting them. Yeah. So no... no no one thrives in a relationship yeah, no where, good will come out of that right when we don't allow each other to nourish so our relationship nutrition is to be able to help couples long before there's a problem just set up systems to be able to check their gauges um, to come in and just discuss what's been going on as far as their, you know last quarter last year with their relationships and see if there's something that need to be adjusted and be able to save them in an environment where there's a third party or holding just the space. congratulate them on doing great Right. Because, you know, I mean, maybe, I mean, I'm sure there are some that do just fine. Right. And, and they're great. And, yes. then, and then there's something that we can learn from. And that's awesome. I think the cool thing about what we're trying to do is, yeah, we're not, we're not trying to only have the circumstances people come to us when things are wrong. It's like, right. you know, you want to have, we want to have people coming when things are great. And they just do checkup. Like, you know, a company can be doing well and they still do annual reviews. Of course, and that's why they do well because they do annual reviews. Right. And they know, you know, where they need to turn and what they need to adjust before it hits. Right. And, like, I'd love to have, uh, you know, an ongoing uh, relationship of, you know, like check-in relationship with, like, a newly married couple. Right. And just see how it goes. Right. It'd be fascinating because, you know, I've been listening a lot to Esther Perel and her, like her podcast is uh, basically like a mini or one time therapy session, which they, of course, she goes for some hours, but then they uh, condense it into like 45 minutes. And it's amazing. Uh, I mean, she's amazing and her skill is out of this world. But uh, what's amazing is how the couples write in and they present what their problem is. And after she's done with them, mm-hmm. it's, not even, like, it's, it's not even close to what they described the problem was. Right. You know, so we don't, not only do we wait too long to go to someone with a problem, but, but we don't even understand what the problem is. Right. And where it's coming from. So, you know, without a third person in the room, it's really hard to figure that out. Right. Even if we're trying to figure that out. Right. And, you know, so basically, there's just being able to have a space to just build and to discuss. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's the same way like in basketball. Like, you know, I like to use basketball analogies because I like basketball. But Steph Curry, when Steph Curry's doing good, he still has a coach. Still goes to his coaches. Strengthened coach, nutrition coach. Um, When Steph's having a bad game, they have a coach. When the Warriors do good, they still go to practice. When the Warriors do bad, they still go to practice. Not and so you never get so good to where you're like, I don't need to ever reflect. I don't need to discuss. We're doing great. And that's the that's the pitfall that we fall into in relationships. We have the no good news is good good news attitude where it's like if you're happy and I'm happy and we seem happy, no need to discuss anything serious. Mm-hmm. And we only discuss things serious when there's a problem, which means that we create this definition of deep discussion about us and problem. So it's a negative emotion trigger associated with Anything that's uh, you know difficult to talk about, 
Yep. And that creates a really bad... So basically, uh, that's what we want to do, and we are trying to figure out <coughs> how we're going to go about it and what is it going to turn into. Yeah. Right now, it's, it's a business card. <laughs> it's a business well, it's card. It's a business card and talking to people. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, right now, it's interesting because we talk to friends, right? And we usually talk to one side of the relationship. So right. you're either friends with the husband or the wife. Right. And then although they trust that you can be a really good person to bring their partner to and talk about it, it's like, yeah, but, you know, right. you're going to be biased, you're going to be this, you're going to be that. And I'm like, you know what, I I don't think I'll be biased, but also, you know, I think you just need to find a third person to talk to, and it doesn't have to be me, I just think I'll be the best, but, you know, right. go find Esther Perel. No, I mean, it's important, It's you know, to have, and also, you know, it's good to have peers that are subscribing to the same level of work yeah. that you have. Otherwise, you seem crazy to your friends, and that's another form of detrimental food. Yeah. If you're if you're talking about you know me and my me and my wife, we're building, we're talking about this, we're reading this book together, we go do team building things together, we make time to do this, and your friends don't, and you hang out with them a lot, and they make you feel like you're crazy and you're doing too much. You're, you're ingesting that food and that eventually will alter how you feel about what you're doing. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, like we all have these uh, ideas of what we want and some, they won't fit into, if they don't fit into normal parameters, right. it's scary to talk about it because right. most people won't listen, won't understand. Well, it's just scary to talk about it. So finding someone who is actually on the same page right. and maybe pushes you, to, yeah, that's a valid point you're thinking about, and this is how you go about it. Right. It's like, holy shit, wow. Right. I, what if I didn't talk to this person? And just, I would not have known. Yeah, being around people like peers like that who have, who desire the same level of open conversation and, and encourage pondering because that'll encourage you to do it more. So also we need mentors. Well, yeah, just just like, like actually mentors. show how to do things. You right. know, I had a, a really cool conversation with uh, a, with someone who's in an open relationship but has no idea how to go about creating uh, sexual friendships. Right, like right. I know how to create a friendship, right? But I don't know how to create a sexual friendship. I'm like, well, that's interesting because I know that Tion actually consciously creates it, right? And like, there is it, you know, like that's what he knows. This is what he wants, and this is going to be his goal, and he won't be an asshole about it. But that is what he consciously will create. Uh, and it's like, <laughs> I love your interpretation of, of what it is I do. Well, I don't. It's, it's close. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of close. <laughs> but but it's you know to someone who like gotta be honest. You want like you're in an open relationship, right? Right. You want to have some connections that are very sexual, right? right? Yeah, I mean, because you want course. to feel desired. Well, you it, want to. Let me let me let me say it this way. For my balance of what I like now is I like interacting and being of service and building with new people. I like the way that feels. Right. I like being um, I like being desired. 
Desire doesn't well, always so, end, end with so, sex, but sex and right. affection is a huge, but, it's a big form of food. Right, but look, like you're this far into this whole, you know, right. you've been in this for many years. Right. Right? We have been very conscious about it. We've been building and sharing. But look at yourself or someone who didn't have it, you know? Right. No, I was just clarifying years. what I right. do. I'm not clarifying anything other than this is, so, this is why and what I do. But this is, but what I'm saying is that that stepping over that 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 right, barrier like is really hard oh, yeah. for someone who's never done it and they feel really awkward and it doesn't you don't want to be cheesy right right you, know, you don't want to seem to yourself well, like you're chasing after sex you don't want but like hearing that hey listen like actually this is how my partner does it right and no like he in a, there's no shame in consciously wanting it and building it that way. Right. It's I like it's it's real it's eye opening. Yeah, and and with we'll discussion of all that, it is very foreign. Someone mm-hmm. to most of us, we associate sex with building this relationship that turns into this monogamy with hopes to go this way. Right. So there's ne- there's either all or none. It's always been all or none. But even we with people that understand that. that, you know, right. logically we understand, right? right? So that marriage will not provide everything to us, and it's we. It doesn't mean it's a bad marriage. It might be, it's a great marriage, but right. you want something else. Like you want a little something that it doesn't, right. you know, doesn't come with a long-term relationship. And that's the beauty of defining your own dietary balance as a relationship Mm -hmm. it doesn't have to be like everybody else's Mm -hmm. some people's relationship is great without sex and one person decides they want more they can go get it the same way some people's relationship is great where the woman stays home and the the dude goes out and they're both completely happy with that Mm -hmm. or vice versa or the woman likes to go to the gym all the time and the husband doesn't like if they're both happy it doesn't matter what other people say about their balance um, you know, but I'll tell you one thing that's horrible for relation for nutrition is eating a high dosage of shame, oh yeah, of guilt, of other people's opinions yeah. is poison. Yeah. You know, if you so a part of our diagnostic as relationship nutritionists that we do through the podcast is check your surroundings, the people that you're around and the energy they have, you're eating that. If you're around people that are held that make you feel a certain kind of way, like feel doubtful, or make you question yourself, or make you feel shame for being yourself, where you don't want to even tell them your honest truth because you know they're gonna look at you funny, you're ingesting that. That's food you're consuming. Well, and I think we get that a lot, where we uh, have friends that when they're with us and when they talk to us, they fully get it. Right. But then as soon as they leave our either conversation or being around us and they go back into their normal world, all of a sudden it makes zero sense. Right. Right? Like what they want, how they want it, they can't articulate it. And then they become doubtful all over again and it's almost like you gotta hold their hand long enough for them to either swim or sink. Right. And the analogy for holding their hand is helping them feed create their own nourishment, create their own farm. Um, because you're gonna need it when you're trying to do something dramatically different than what the majority of people in your around you are doing. So going to the conversation talking about monogamy or, or non-monogamy or that most people don't have people around them that can have that conversation with without judgment, without shame, without guilt. So a lot of times they just don't speak upon it, which means 
if they don't speak upon it, they're not allowing themselves to even the chance to get the nourishment that they may get from the from the conversation or the decision made after that. Right, and so, then you allow yourself to have doubt come back in and then game over. Right. So be very mindful of the energy that you're ingesting. Like, yeah, when you make decisions, think about that. You know, are you making them out of fear? Are you making them out of shame? You know, are you making them out of doubt? Are you making them out of paranoia? Like, you know, these things become you. When you're around somebody who thinks you're full of shit, you will eventually think you're full of shit or you'll I mean, fight it. You'll right. be spending all your energy fighting it to prove that you're not versus being around people that are feeling, you know, that can actually listen to you, whether they agree or not, and be objective about that and respect that that's your and way. My thing, like, my thing is always, you know, whether with the, like your relationship or how we feel about ourselves, all of that. Like we're most of us are smart enough to understand that, uh, you know, this is the state of affairs. This is where we are. And if we want to improve, we need to put all this work in. And if we don't want to improve, you know, we can totally leave it as is, but we're going to feel this way. Right. And if you make that logical decision, great, but then don't come and keep complaining to, about it. Right. It's like if you've decided that you understand for you to change your situation, whether it's with the relationship or by yourself, you need to put this con constant or consistent work in, and it's going to be hard and it's going to be scary, but you can do it, but it has to be consistent, and you don't want to do it, and you know you don't want to do it, great, that's a choice that you make, but do not come back and keep complaining about your circumstance. Right. Like, that is just not going to happen, because I turn, you know, I... I start telling people straight up of like, okay, well, you could go to the gym. Right. And you will feel better. Oh, you don't have time. Okay, well, then don't, compl don't come back and be complaining right. about how you feel or whatever. Yeah. And then Tion's like, well, you're heavy handed. Well, but I, you it are, just does but not. <laughs> doesn't mean what you're saying is wrong. Right. It's just, but you it know. doesn't, it, 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 I, I don't know, my patience runs out. Well, it's, I mean, it, the thing is, is yeah, if, if you say, I'm not feeling good, my body is not feeling good, and we're like, okay, well, then change your diet and work out. And you choose to not change your diet and work out. Eventually, we're going to get very tired of hearing about how uncomfortable you feel or how unattractive you feel or how overweight you feel because you're not making any decisions that you have the right and the power to do. To do. Um, and that's the challenge. Like If you wake up in a bad mood, you can eat either more shit that'll make you in more of a bad mood or eat some shit that will make you feel better. Yeah. But we have a choice. And, and this, then the relationship you know, too. Like usually you know exactly what's wrong. Right. And you just don't have the, you know, the balls or whatever to figure it out. Right. And that's what it is. And this is a long standing. this is the underlining thing with all that we speak about in our podcast is, you know, being able to communicate with yourself to identify what you want and what you don't want takes nourishment. Mm -hmm. You know, being able to communicate that to your partner, you have to feel comfortable and confident enough. And that takes nourishment. In order for you to share that in a relationship and feel comfortable, that means your relationship has to be nourished enough to where you feel you can. Um, if there's a problem or an amendment or an adjustment, it takes nourishment to have the confidence and the comfort to be able to share these things. Um, to hear something from your partner that's very uncomfortable 
you know, you'll handle that better if you're nourished up and your vibration's high. Um, when dealing with concepts of possibly opening your relationship. If you're nourished in a loving state, you'll be able to look at it more objectively without judgment, shame, or triggering. So we're going to do this all and all and all, but this is the announcement of Tion Buku One and Yoda Mitchell as relationship nutritionists. So episode 18, we can do this for hours and hours and hours, but you know, luckily we don't have to put it all in one episode. Have a good night. Enjoy yourselves. Gratefuls. I'm grateful that our house survived. Well, is not in the evacuation zone. It's not in the evacuation zone of the fires. I'm grateful still that after getting hit by a car, um, I'm still upright and walking and getting better. And yeah, I'm grateful to be able to uh, have identified and been supported very early enough to realize that I can nourish myself exactly how I want and say no thank you to people who think that I shouldn't do it the way I do it. (laughs) Yep. Uh, I am grateful that I really don't give a shit what other people say mostly, and I'm able to do what I feel I should do, and it's gotten me to this point, and I do not regret it. Uh, Grateful for the air clean, finally, today, and not as bad as it had been and that yes we are not in the uh you know closer to the fire and you know facing evacuations and all that crazy stuff that a lot of people have to deal with and as always for our house our kids just being able to do this and uh, the luxury of having the time and desire and uh, ability to just bullshit all day long about this stuff and try and share it Right, and that's where we are, and we're gonna let you go out out with another tune. And what is this tune? Do I remember what the tune is. Did you put it in? It's a beautiful tune. Yes, it's a tune that is dear to our heart on this podcast, and it is by Protege and Chronics, mm-hmm. and it's called "Who Knows." It we talks did. about nourishment from the world, from gratitudes, from yourself. I'm just feeling grateful to be alive. Remember, some people didn't make it to today. And big up, rest in peace for Dolores, my dad's wife of many, 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 many years. And big up DJ Steph, who passed away. It's a very, very important DJ woman, human being in the Bay Area that affected all of us that passed away suddenly. So... You are with us. We live with you in our spirits and everybody else who did not make it today. So for those of you who are still here, live up because you're not promised tomorrow. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And it's a protege. Yeah. Chronics are where you say. Yeah. Suppose I'm pleased to be chilling in the West Indies. I provide all my wants and needs. I got the sunshine, rivers, and trees. Green leaves. Hey. When me see Jamie, see your way. Yeah.
drastically stray from hypocrisy, I say, hey, every man to them own a philosophy, I live the proper way and then me read a chapter daily, man they in a city hungry and no eat, and food they down a country just a drop off of the tree, then, you see say poverty no real then, is what the reason revealing. I'm pleased to be chilling in the West Indies. I provide all my wants and needs. I got the sunshine, rivers, and trees. Green leaves, yeah. When the rain pits up at the roof, herb just a steam pepper pot on stew. Life is a dream if you got gratitude. So God tell the regime, them can't stop where we do now. Information you think on your own Or else you're a slave to the things that you know What do you know if you learn every day So be careful of things where you say Who knows, who knows, who knows, who knows I just go where the trade wind blows Sending love to my friends and foes And I suppose I'm pleased to be chilling in the West Indies I provide all my wants and needs In our heart, it is of importance for I and I gather. If we cannot show now a balance that we are, how do we propose then to carry it abroad? Cannot go to Ethiopia and you not have a plan. The building of a nation and a helper and every one a lover, one a man is just a man. It shall be a coronation when we learn, learn, learn. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? I just go as a trading blow. I'm pleased to be chilling in the West Indies. I provide all my wants and needs. I got the sunshine, rivers, and trees. Really.